lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I'm the new guy. I wore my name tag today. Todd Erzin is here with us, as is Aaron McIntyre. Hey, props on not wearing your uh, alumni sweatshirt again today. Props my to alumni that. sweatshirt? Yeah. Yeah, from that, that school you went to. Props for not wearing that again today. Oh, I, I didn't even realize that I, I didn't wear that or wore that. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> ah, thank you. Let's move on. Ah, 888-900-3393 is the number. That's 888-900-3393. Now, those of you that are not subscribing to Blaze TV right now have no idea uh, at, at, at what I just kneecapped Aaron for, but that's why you need to subscribe. Neither do I. All right? <laughs> you could have gotten the, the... You laughed. You got what I was saying, didn't you? I'm not sure if I did. Over you, all of our heads, oh, honestly. You, oh, you, I didn't go to Iowa. Is no, that no, what you no, said? No, just, I, you like to wear the uh, the sweatshirt of your... Uh, oh, you and W? Of your alma mater quite a bit. Yeah, you like to wear that one. You like that one. It's a comfortable sweatshirt. Yeah. It's it, purple it, and gold. It's I, obviously quite comfortable. Right. I thought the dude code said we're not allowed to pay attention to other dudes' wardrobes. I mean, I don't know. We we had uh, broke back blaze yesterday. Oh, I don't well, know. Yeah, I know that now. That, thank you no. for that. It's a meme now. Must end. I, hey, it's your your name on the show. It's your branding, I guess. So here we are. <laughs> Hi, America. I'm out. Okay, you're the one that said that you were just uh, you know riding along, right? Trying to get to. Hey. <laughs> now, come on now. Yeah. Oh, now there's a line. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I liked it. I liked it when Pete Buttigieg was running. Yes, better. wasn't that like ten years ago? Yeah, remember like these deep existential conversations about the Buttigieg campaign and what it meant. Didn't that seem like that was like a, a you know the pilot of a television show that didn't get picked up? Like ten years ago, it seems like we had that conversation now, right? Oh, I, it doesn't even seem like reality anymore. Are you are you are you anxious for the days when it's good, we're going to sit here and say, does this seem like coronavirus is like? 10 years ago. Hmm. Well, I don't see life is weird enough these days that I have to ask myself, listen to that insane voice. But mm-hmm. I also, I don't know, man, this seems like it's just, we're, we're now living permanently on earth too. 888-900-3393 is the number here to the Steve day show. 888-900-3393. You can let us know what you think about what we think via the Steve inbox. Steve at Steve is how you can email us. That's D E A C E like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace show. And don't forget youtube.com slash Steve Dace is where you can find clips of this show that you can sample and share with others. And if you want to make sure you don't miss anything at all, like why that was a good slam on Aaron's wardrobe, Blaze TV is offering the cheapest or lack thereof. And then the whole joke is, who am I wearing a sweatshirt with my name on it to be kneecapping another dude for his fashion sense, right? Could, yeah, could that be it? I, I think the worst thing is that you had to explain this and yeah. then that just kind of lost all punch and now self-awareness is dead too this is totally turned around on me now hasn't it? <laughs> it poor has. josh it has. Our, our days group is josh he's been, there? he's been sitting here for the last four what the heck josh is like, what in the same is we this? no longer have a guest on this uh, segment <laughs> he's backing into the shrub right now no <laughs> 
So if you want to subscribe to Blaze TV, and I don't know why you wouldn't after these first four minutes, that's the best case we've ever made. That's why we had to drop the... If you really want to know, the last four minutes is why we had to drop the subscription right, rate to a historic low. All right? Josh Hammer's in witness protection right now. Yes. In order for you to subsidize this program, uh, we needed to drop the rate, but we did. It's only $5 and change right now if you'd like to subscribe to Blaze TV. BlazeTV.com slash Dace, promo code Steve, BlazeTV.com slash Dace, promo code Steve to get a discounted subscription, the cheapest rate, and now you know why, that we have ever offered uh, to Blaze TV. Our good friend Josh Hammer is there to join us for the Dace Group from the New York Post. Good to see you, Josh. How are you? Steve, the pleasure is always mine, brother. It's so good to see you all. It's good to see everyone's alive, by the way. It is. We have... We have uh, well, we're here amidst uh, billowing clouds of coronavirus-infested air, but nevertheless, Josh, we 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 persist. So let's get to it. It's time for the day's group. Your weekly look at the week that was brought to you by our friends over at ExpressVPN. I mean, a lot of us are online all the time now, uh, particularly with what's going on, as in nothing. So we're sitting at home online, which means our data is more vulnerable than ever before. And that's why you want to choose a VPN that you can trust. And that's why I use ExpressVPN and recommend it to you as well. Uh, ExpressVPN doesn't log your data. Lots of really cheap or free VPNs make money by doing that and then turning around and selling it to the very people you're trying to keep it from at the same time. And ExpressVPN developed, developed a technology called Trusted Server that makes it impossible for their servers to log any of your info. And they're known for their speed and something else that also really sets ExpressVPN apart from other VPNs, how easy it is to use you can install it on all of your devices in a couple of clicks five minutes or less and that's why expressvpn is the number one vpn in the world if you want to try it yourself right now use my link at expressvpn.com slash steve that's expressvpn.com slash steve and get three months free with a one-year package three months for free with a one-year package at expressvpn.com slash steve let's get to issue one bleep democrats say that you are endorsing now Joe Biden and you know we're really not in the matrix is either Joe Biden or Trump and one thing is you know a lot of people like like the youth they don't really they don't really rock with Joe Biden because he's conservative so um you made that decision and as I noted before 15 congregants at a synagogue in New Jersey were arrested and charged for being in a synagogue together now the Bill of Rights, as you well know, protects Americans' right, enshrines their right to practice their religion as they see fit and to congregate together to assemble peacefully. By what authority did you nullify the Bill of Rights in issuing this order? How do you have the power yeah, to we do were, that? That's above my pay grade, Tucker, so I wasn't, uh, I wasn't thinking of the Bill of Rights when we did this. So we just had snow. I've got snow on the ground here in Michigan right now in Lansing. We're expecting you know, up to 30 inches in the Upper Peninsula. The fact that we're cracking down on people traveling between homes or planting or um, landscaping or golfing really for a couple more weeks isn't going to meaningfully impact people's ability to do it because the snow will do that in and of itself. We're down to about seven churches statewide. 
we got a lot of churches in this state. We're down to just about seven that are thinking about having an in-person service. So we're having to take a, a new action that I hoped uh, that we wouldn't. It's that any individual that's going to participate in a mass gathering of, of any type that we know about this weekend, um, we are going to uh, record license plates and provide it to local health departments. The local health departments are going to come to your door uh, with an order for you to be quarantined for 14 days. Hey, I respond. I, I love Thornton. Well, you get uh, uh, an order from the government. Yeah. You're right. Can you imagine a time where Americans carry certificates of immunity? You know, uh, that's possible. Another 5.2 million Americans filed for unemployment benefits last week, raising the recent total above a staggering 22 million. Uh, Speaker Pelosi, what have you found? What are you going to share with us from your home? Chocolate. Really? Chocolate, chocolate candy. Oh, wow. And this this is something you can get through the mail. Okay. Run out. Now show show me. Yeah, absolutely. This is the episode of Cribs I never knew I needed. Oh, my. Wow. Other people in our family go for some other flavors, but chocolate, and then we have some other chocolate here. Some of the stories we're hearing uh, are striking. I mean, one man talked of 12 hours in a line waiting for food assistance, said peanut butter and crackers was his last meal. I mean, that's shocking to hear, but how common are stories like that when it comes to food in the wealthiest nation in the world? Normally here in Central Texas, if you want to call it normal, uh, we distribute food to about 50,000 Central Texans every single week, and that's normally. But what we've been seeing based on the COVID-19 virus is just in the month of March alone, we saw an increase of well over 207%. I've always felt a connection with you, and now I understand why. Since you've been uh, isolating in your house, how much uh, of your of your regular diet do you think is ice cream and candy? Well, uh, um, as much as possible. Uh, it is. Uh, it, 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 I enjoy it. I like it better than anything else. What the hell was that? <laughs> what? What the hell was that? Can I go? You may. What was your favorite flavor of total depravity this week, Todd? I had an answer, but I I changed it. It was going to be Tucker uh because re- reaction to that governor because I love Tucker's like Tucker did the you, he actually tilted his head like the confused dog because that's the only response you could have to such an answer, but I I had not seen that Nancy Pelosi clip. I had heard about expen- I had not even heard about it. I had heard about expensive yeah. refrigerators which I really didn't even care about. I mean, it's 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 what I've been saying on the show for weeks the level of disgust i have from the fear crowd you we're all dying we're all dying but in my next tweet i'm going to tell you about tiger king here we're all dying we're all dying but let me show you all of my ice cream and I, this is we are in the middle of the worst psychological scam in the history of mankind i mean really this th- how did we fall for all of this it's not real it is absolutely not real. It's like in Lost, where they convinced um, the the British dude 
that if he uh, Desmond yeah. that if he went outside he was going to die. Right. So you can go outside. Right. We're this is an experiment, and we we are rats. We're we're no better than rats in it. And Nancy Pelosi sits at home, you know, gluttonously smiling about her ice cream, and the talk show hosts laugh about it. And here we sit. Take your damn country back. Josh, you waited long enough. Our apologies. Take all the time you need. Josh, go ahead. No apologies at all, brother. So, you know, even in a week with those kind of bat crap crazy headlines, this kind of bat crap crazy interviews, sound bites, whatever, one thing from that really does stand out even to me amidst that utter depravity. And it's what's happening in Kentucky. Um, you know, uh, look, look I, I am mostly a writer. I'm mostly a commentator. I'm mostly in the political commentary space. But as as you all know, and as you know, I'm sure some, obviously not all the listeners know, I'm, under, I'm a constitutional attorney by background. I, um, I independently contract with First Liberty Institute, which is based here in Dallas-Fort Worth, where I live. It's the nation's largest nonprofit law firm exclusively devoted to protecting uh, re- a religious freedom for, for all faiths. Um, we at First Liberty were involved in Kentucky. We were involved in uh, what was happening there in Louisville with the Easter Sunday drive-in church services. Um, Judge Justin Walker, a district court judge in Kentucky, and President Trump's nominee to um, uh, replace Judge Griffith on the D.C. Circuit wrote a really fabulous opinion there. But the soundbite that we heard, Steve, the soundbite that we just heard from was from from Governor Bashir, um, he, he's bragging about how few churches are still operating. the The notion of bragging about shutting down churches for Easter Sunday and collecting license plate information for people who want to go on one of the holiest days of the year for for, for Christians, um, that is two, that is one of the most profoundly un-American things I've literally ever heard in my entire life. Um, and it's it's right it's in the same line, obviously, as the the now infamous Bill de Blasio soundbite from a few weeks ago, where um, he was talking. He, he seemed to be bragging about closing down churches and synagogues permanently. Like the use of the word "permanently" there was deeply malicious when Bill de Blasio said it. But um, maybe I'm reading too much into his tone. But Governor Bashir seemed to be kind of doing, at least to me when I watched that, the same thing, just sticking the knife in and twisting it of people of faith. Um, that is. I mean, there's been a lot of people who have kind of glommed on to this pandemic as an expedient to promote their long subdued political fantasies of various stripes. But the petty progressive authoritarians, uh, the people, the anti-religious bigots, frankly, let's just call a spade a spade, the people who just hate people of faith, who have a true disdain, a dripping disdain for religion, who do not believe in the concept of revelation, um, it is on display here. Um, And we saw it right there in Kentucky. So that was... um, that was not just like rhetorical soundbite depravity to me, but like utter moral obtuseness that really cuts at the very core of what this country is about. Very well said. Also probably too smartly said for this show. So Aaron, good luck following that. <laughs> yeah, I'll bring the uh, IQ level back down here over the next uh, 60 seconds or so if, if, if we're all lucky. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think I don't think that's I, I, I totally agree with with Josh, um, uh, Josh's analysis on that. I mean, it's not too far of a stretch to say, hey, uh, you think drag queen story time hour is actually bad. Uh, you have a mental illness. And if you go to a church that preaches that you will be uh, you will have your your license plate recorded and you will be cor- it's not that big of a leap, at least at the very least. It's a lot shorter of a leap than it was five, six, seven weeks ago. I think we can all stipulate to that. As far as my favorite ride on the Democrat crazy train, I could have, I could have shortened those clips of Pelosi 
But I, I wanted to keep James Corden in there. He's the guy who's from CBS who's who's uh, recording and interviewing Nancy Pelosi as she's as she's showing her vast quantities and supply of of chocolates and and ice cream. And I don't think anybody anybody really uh, would fault anybody else for having for having sweets. That's a a, a very very uh, great blessing. That we're able to spend our money on things like that. And I know each of us, to varying degrees, like to uh, splurge on things like that. So that's not a commentary about, but the lack of self awareness, the lack of self awareness from Nancy Pelosi and James Corden, it is, it is almost exactly. We're, we're one terrible bad haircut or hairstyle away from being uh, one degree away from, from the Capitol and Hunger Games. That's what yes. that level of yep. that was a Caesar. That was, that was Caesar Flickerman, the, man. Yes, it is was. Is what that was. Yeah. You know, I always felt the connection with you. Tell me, uh, at last year's games, what was your favorite spleening? Uh, I mean, that's really what it was. That is exactly what it was. It was District 1, the Capitol. Exit question. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being as reliable as a Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation simulation, and 10 being as reliable as the left media's desire to tank the economy indefinitely so Trump will lose the election this fall, uh, rate this week's batch of bananas, Aaron. It's a 10. <clears throat> Todd. 10. Josh. Uh, for, for the sake of diversity, I'll say a 9, but it's up there. <laughs> what show are you on nine is now the reasonable answer yes. nine <laughs> nine is where the smart people are like you guys are too nuts all right we got to be more reasonable it's only a nine all right i'm gonna grasp <laughs> on any crazy. last latch of dignity we still have it was only a nine i love that answer i loved it <laughs> let's get to issue two the reopen america task force President Trump in the White House took its first major steps towards reopening the country yesterday. Dr. Deborah Burks explained the federal guidelines, which take place in three phases. So phase one begins with all vulnerable individuals, including those with comorbidities, continuing to shelter in place and ensuring that those that first go out into the public are not those that are most vulnerable to bad outcomes in this disease. For the employers, next slide. Again, if a vulnerable population needs to return to work and cannot be teleworking, there should be special accommodations for all vulnerable populations. If the schools are already closed, they should remain closed. All visits to senior living facilities and hospitals should be continue to be prohibited. Large venues, including sit-down dining, can only be operated under strict physical distancing protocols and maintaining those six feet. This should be a relief to many of households that have small children. Schools, daycares, and camps can reopen in phase two. Visits to senior living facilities, however, should remain in hospitals prohibited. Large venues can operate, but solely under moderate physical distancing, and elective surgeries can resume on an outpatient and inpatient basis. And so phase three, I won't go through in detail, was is essentially returning to our new normal, with all of the what we talked about through all phases, continuing the good hygiene practices, continuing the respect for spaces between individuals. All right, Josh, first question goes to you. Your overall thoughts on what you saw from this task force yesterday. You know, look, Steve, um, I, I think all four of us are probably more or less on the same page here. Um, it, it's, it's time to expedite this process. Um, to put it mildly, um, you know, I, I look, I, I have I, I've had mixed feelings, honestly, I, 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 I 
if I can say a very politically incorrect thing, at times I've kind of felt like a pregnant woman throughout this uh, fiasco. I've kind of like my emotions have been all topsy turvy mm-hmm. at the very beginning. I was I, I was kind of like erring on the side of caution, like a lot of like a lot of other people were. Um, you know, my, my my constitutional jurisprudence does allow for pretty broad state police power. So I was, I was at, the be- at the beginning of this, especially, I was fairly comfortable with what a lot of the states were doing um, as far as erring on the side of caution, just from like a legal matter, but as a policy matter, at least at the beginning, at least. Um, it, it's really metastasized. Uh, it's gotten so much worse into something pretty unbearable. Um, and, you know, the problem with Fauci and Burks is they've done so much at this point to undermine their credibility um, in the minds of so many so many just red-blooded American patriots um, who just have like an innate love for America and they have an innate disdain for the sort of authoritarianism that we're seeing on display just rampant across the country. Um, so I, I, you know, like the, the, the PowerPoint plan, I like reviewed the slides when, we, you know, when I saw it come out. Um, I mean, it seems okay, I guess. I mean, like, it, it's not, it, it, it's not anything that's like, going to get like my blood pumping. I'm not like behind it and saying like, oh my God, that's like the greatest thing in the world. Um, Fauci and Burks, I just like, I've, I've come to view through just a deeply, deeply, deeply skeptical lens. And I don't think on a summary level, anything yesterday really changed my mind profoundly about that. Todd. Well, to be optimistic about this, I just have to set so much aside about what I think should have been done, and that's challenging to do. But if I understand, at first, I thought just rolling out the phases, I was a little confused. Do I understand, though, the phases all are based on a a stable or declining Mm -hmm. numbers over a course of 14 days? Mm -hmm. Okay, that, and then I found that out after the fact, so I I was kind of mad. My guess is the 14 days is because that's the the virus's... Well, that's uh, incubation fine. period, and so if you have, they're trying to isolate. If you have, if you have a, a a significant reinfect event, and the kind of thing that would cause people to panic and say, "Well, we can't. This is why we could never come out in the first place until there's a vaccine." My guess is that's where that timetable okay. comes. Well, from. admittedly, I am seeing this on my phone and on the TV while I'm cooking uh, dinner last night. But I was initially frustrated by the fact that it took me a while to figure out that not only was it 14 days, but it was 14 days that you could backdate. So mm-hmm. Trump finally came out, a state could tomorrow. Yes. Now that was good news to me, but yep. I, it took a while to unpackage that. Maybe I missed something right out of the gate. If I did, that's my fault. But I'm just, I, you, you heard what I said a couple of days ago when Steve presented, you know, what would a good idea look like? And, you know, whatever it is, sooner rather than later, step on the gas. This is not stepping on the gas the way I want to, but it is... It is something tangible, and I was even more encouraged based on Trump this morning, just in your face, good Trump on Twitter, like, you know, liberate states, um, you know, making sure it's a shot across the bow bow to governors, I'm serious. But, and then, after I see something like that, here in my own state, just like five minutes ago, while we're talking, I see that Iowa schools are shut down, which means all spring sports are shut down. Now, selfishly, that you know that means a lot to me, but I'm not just doing this for selfish reasons. I just don't, it's not, kids are, sti- it's di- stupid. It's statistically yep. um, negligible, the yep. impact of this disease on kids under the age of 20. Yet we're, so again, things that don't make sense. So I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, and that's the best I can do, and I wish I could do better. Aaron? Well, I can say this. And, and I don't mean this to be faint praise, so don't take it like that. It's a hell of a lot more sane than what we've been hearing for the last month. 
what we heard yesterday was, and, and for this reason, throughout all three state phases, what was one common refrain? The common refrain was basically in hospitals and nursing homes are off limits to off limits to visitors. And I'm sure there's more uh, there. There are more details there as well. But that's what we should have done from the very beginning, because where was the first outbreak? As we pointed out on, I think, multiple days in a row now, the first major outbreak in the United States was where in a nursing home. So the most vulnerable, if, if that's our goal to truly save lives, just one life matters. We're all in this together. If that was truly our goal, then that should have been our first thing. That should have been protecting the most vulnerable. That should have been shutting down nursing home. But anyway, we never heard that, but we finally did yesterday. And as far as the phases go, and I do like the, I, I do appreciate that uh, this is now uh, backdated and that multiple states now could, in theory, open up. Uh, you know, today or uh, or very very soon. I know Texas's governor is going to be is going to be uh, unveiling his plans here in about a half an hour or so. I, I I think anything that the federal government can do to at least um, to at least assuage people's fears at this point, and that's why I think you saw the influenza-like illness charts that we saw yesterday. I didn't put any of that in the in the intro here. I think that's part of the reason, is because it's not to necessarily downplay this, but to put it in broader context, a context that we have not had from the very beginning. Because the context that we've had is 2.2 million people are gonna die. 100 in, uh, to 240,000 people are gonna die if we don't do anything. That's the context where we've had. In other words, panic is the context of which we've made all of our decisions. And I finally, for the first time, did not hear that yesterday. I'm with, I'm with Aaron. I, actually, I came away very optimistic because I had the obs- many of the observations that Josh did and because I have more my expectations are at because like Josh, I've lost all faith essentially in Fauci and Burks and given what their messaging has been for the last couple of weeks to get them to where they were at yesterday must have taken the moving of heaven and earth. We are, we are now debating our premise. The, the premise is, is, is essentially what they proposed yesterday is what given the data we actually had without a panic is exactly how we should have treated this virus from day one with a measured kind of response. That's what they proposed yesterday was going back and doing essentially what we should have done from the very beginning in many respects, except for the schools where I I totally disagree with that strategy, but that's a topic for another segment. Um, I love the fact that it was adult that um, I like, like I love Trump going after these governors on Twitter today, but in that setting, in that, in that environment, he needs to project the most amount of adult confidence to the American people he can, in my view, because the virus is not the enemy now, but the panic aspect of it is. It was reassuring. I, I thought the media was even on its best behavior. I thought even the skeptical questions they asked were the right kinds of skeptical questions that we needed to get clarifications and answers to. Everybody was on point, on message. They, were, they, they had the, the subject matter down. <clears throat> Given where things looked a week or two ago in this debate, I mean, I thought that was a giant leap for Americana yesterday. I don't, you know, I, I thought it was a midway, I, I mean, turning point in the, this conversation. Now, you know, the battle went on for three more years after that. But um, I, I thought that was, uh, for, for, for Team Sanity that I'm on, I thought that was a major pivot point. 
and has totally, and you've seen it, the whole debate and argument now has been changed to when is it safe to go back out? It totally changed the prevailing winds of the zeitgeist in, in just the last 24 yeah. hours. J- just to underscore your point, there's a huge difference between saying how long must we stay in yes. and when can we go That's back exactly out? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I used to say years ago, I love debating my liberty friends because at least I'm debating them as a conservative on the, on the, on the, in the realm of what government should not be doing. As opposed to the arguments we are typically having with how much more should government be doing, right? Which argument mm-hmm. as a conservative do you think is better for us to have? I think that is similar here as well. Which argument is better for us to have? When is it ever safe to come back out or when should we come back out? Exactly what you just said, Aaron. Wholeheartedly agree. Exit question. True or false? Much of this country will be reopening 30 days from now. Aaron. True. Todd. True. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, that's definitely true. Now, when I put this together, this rundown, I'd not seen yet the the presentation that came out last night. So let me make it more difficult. True or false, much of this country will be reopening 21 days from now, three weeks from now. True. Still true, Aaron? True. Josh? Yeah, I, I still think it's true. Okay. So when we come back here in part two of the day's group, New evidence that uh, those of us who just connected the dots and thought the original lone Batman theory never made any sense to begin with and were threatened with deplatformings and shadow bans and mass excommunications for, now new evidence suggests that there may be some actual merit to that. And if that's true, how does that change the geopolitical situation with China when this is over? We'll get into that when we come back. And we are back. Let's get back to the Dace group here. Todd Erzin, Steve Dace, me, Aaron McIntyre, good friend Josh Hammer as well. Let's get to issue three, the China virus origins and why it matters. A Fox News report provided more evidence that the coronavirus originated in a laboratory in Wuhan, China, and provided a motivation relating to China trying to surpass the United States. The report relied on multiple sources telling Fox News they had access to knowledge about China's early reaction to the spread of the virus and documents relating to the pandemic. According to the report, the virus spread as a result of Chinese efforts to challenge the United States in the ability to identify and combat viruses. One of the sources said it might be, quote, the costliest government cover-up of all time, end quote. The report, however, refuted speculation that the pandemic was an intentional bioweapon spread to damage the United States and other rivals to China. The sources claimed that the virus was transmitted from a bat to a human at the Institute of Virology lab in Wuhan. President Trump was asked about these reports earlier this week. That while the coronavirus is a naturally occurring virus, it emanated from a virology lab in Wuhan, that because of lack safety protocols, an intern was infected, who later infected her boyfriend, and then went to the wet market in Wuhan, where it began to spread. Does that correspond with what you have heard from Well, I don't want to say that, John, but I will tell you uh, more and more we're hearing the story. And we'll see when you say multiple sources. Now, there's a case where you can use the word sources, but uh, we are doing a very thorough examination of this horrible situation that happened. All right. So Josh, we're going to go to you first again. If this is true, 
How does this change our relationship? Because you have to beg another question then. You have to ask yourself, well, then why were they in that lab experimenting uh, with the virus to begin with, right? You have to, you've got to figure out what the motivation for that was, okay? So, but even if just this baseline fact turns out to be true and the president all but confirmed it in that clip there from the White House the other day, how does this change our relationship to China and the global political balance in the future? So this is this is the question. You know, I had, a, I had a conversation with two other people this morning and this came up and we talked about it for 20, 30 minutes. It, 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 this is literally the number one most important question to emerge from all of this. Um, you you got to think back a few years now. What's, what's remarkable is that, you know, Trump was was elected in a broadly nation state sovereignty, anti-globalism, anti-neoliberalism platform. Um, you know, George H.W.'s famous New World Order speech, kind of like uh, the the high watermark of, uh, of, of globalism is, is coming up on, I think like it's 30 year anniversary or 30, yeah, I think 30 year anniversary is right. It, it, we're, we're right around there. Um, the New World Order speech was given in Berlin, Germany when George H.W. Bush gave it. It might've met its death march, uh, pretty sardonic pun there, obviously intended, um, in Wuhan, China. Um, the, the era of neoliberalism run amok may be coming to an end, and it may be due to the fact that the Chinese Communist Party appears to have unleashed um, one of the most uh, debilitating pandemics uh, in a long time upon an unsuspecting world. You know, I, I wrote a column a few weeks ago. Um, I'm not the first person to make this analogy, of course, comparing this to what happened uh, in Soviet-run uh, Ukraine with respect to Chernobyl. Mm -hmm. But what's, what's, what's amazing is that Chernobyl, if you look at the actual death count, um, it, it, it's literally an iota. It's a, it's a, it is a fraction, like a tiny, tiny, tiny fraction of what is going to happen as a result of this. And, you know, when Trump was elected in 2016, that obviously coincided with Brexit. Um, we've had numerous books on nationalism by Yoram Hazoni and Rich Lager the past few years. This was already a debate. This was this was already the debate, like before this even happened. The debate was was happening between kind of nationalism and like regaining so sovereignty versus transnationalism. Um this this all this is going to only underscore that so to bring it back to like from like the you know the abstract to the realm of the concrete here of course this is going to fundamentally change our relationship with china and look this is not the first time that the chai comms have unleashed something like this upon the world okay like sars we we believe started in a wet market but this is even the point here is that this is actually even more insidious than starting in a in a wet market because like you're saying steve why the heck were they doing this right. kind of research right and but and who's apologizing to tom cotton by the way tom cotton's been saying this for months now um tucker carlson started saying this as an early date too um look uh, i'm a china josh mom. you're I'm really china you're mom. a smart guy really you're the smartest guy here at least by academic credentials let me ask you this question then okay Give me the reason why. Give me give me a pliable, non-nefarious reason why the 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 Chinese would be would be experimenting with a virus that comes from a bat whose closest nesting colony is 900 kilometers away from the viral lab in Wuhan, China. Can you come up with a reason, non-nefarious, why that might be? A, a, a non-nefarious, so the key word there is non-nefarious, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, like the very first thing that came to mind when I heard this, um, if I'm giving China the benefit of the doubt, and benefit of the doubt here is itself a very, very, very loose term. 
Um, China, lest we forget, runs uh, effectively Soviet gulag, Nazi-style concentration camps um, for the Uyghur uh, Turkic Muslims in Xinjiang province. Um, there is reason to believe that they conduct um, human, uh, like Nazi-style human experimentation upon the Uyghurs who are in those concentration camps. And when I first heard this story develop, my, my very first thought was they're going to like try to like unleash this on the Uyghur Muslims as a, as a as a sample size in those camps to then see the effect that it would have, its lethality, et cetera, and study that closely. Um, from there, who the heck knows? But no, I cannot think of a non-nefarious, like an innocent reason to do this. What do you think, Todd? Well, because that's this is related to my rant i think yesterday because of everything that josh said is just so unassailable remember that we go back to a month ago to the beginning of all this and the suggestion of stopping flights from china uh was met with nancy pelosi going down to chinatown uh, and health officials in new york telling us that trump was racist and here we are now a month later with even further proof, and we have Bill Gates lecturing people about how the WHO in China were, were making them unfair scapegoats and all this. It's so unassailable what Josh is saying, but we are doubling down on the same stupidity that we had a month ago, which was more, it was an utterly sane, the reaction Trump had was utterly sane at that point. Not only we hadn't learned, the, the opponents to rationality are only getting worse. This is a spirit of the age. The, the, the rational dots cannot and will not be connected anymore. That's what's so chilling about this. We aren't rallying as a nation to do what should obviously be done when Josh lays out what he's laying out. And we won't. We're that broken. And that is very scary. Aaron. Yeah. So this the, the reaction, again, with the exception really of, of yesterday's conference, and I don't want to put too much weight on it based on everything else and the, the propensity of, of everything else that's happened, meaning our, our economy and parts of our healthcare system collapsing uh, because of our response. Uh, all of our responses have been wrong and have been fraught with unintended consequences. So this should be, this should be the end of globalization, at least with China. It should be, but I don't exactly have a whole heck of a lot of confidence that it, that it will be because I don't know if the people whose pocketbooks and the people whose power is getting hurt or gouged in, in this, I don't, I don't really think they're the ones who are who, who are going to be feeling the full effects, meaning the Nancy Pelosi's of the world who goes go home to the refrigerator full of ice cream. Do you think that that, that she has while while people are tens of thousands of people in line for at the food bank? Do you really think that that the Nancy Pelosi's of the world are going to have any incentive whatsoever to end globalization? Now, as far as the question about why you would be studying this intermediate horseshoe bat, which doesn't have a colony for 900 kilometers away. The only reason I could think of is that you're trying to develop some sort of, I don't know, vaccine or antibody to it so that you can inoculate your country or certain populations. And then, you know, I'll just let you fill in the rest of the blanks there. There's right. no good reason. Why would you need to that. inoculate your country? What 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 tipped that's, you off that this was a disease spreader? That's that's why I'm going to let you fill in the rest of the blanks right. there. Let's get to the exit question here. True or false? A full-fledged cold war like 
Todd, you and I grew up with, maybe to a lesser extent, Josh. Aaron, it was over before he was born. But a full-fledged Cold War with China is coming next. Todd. True uh, or false? False. Aaron. False. Josh. For better or for worse, false. Okay. Issue four, the dumb, it hurts. The dumb thing said of the pandemic, option A, Anthony Fauci says we may never be able to shake hands again. I don't think we'd ever should ever shake hands ever again, to be honest with you. Not only would it be good to prevent coronavirus disease, it probably would decrease the incidence of influenza dramatically in this country. While also being at least somewhat responsible for these commercials. I'm on the pill. I'm on the pill. I'm on the pill. I'm on the pill too. But it's not birth control. It's Truvada for PrEP, a once-daily prescription medicine for adults that when taken every day along with using safer sex practices can help lower my chances of getting HIV through sex. Option B, Anthony Fauci says we can now hook up on Tinder if we're willing to take risks, but also this. We can't do this without the young people cooperating. Please cooperate with us. Option C. So we just had snow. I've got snow on the ground here in Michigan right now in Lansing. We're expecting you know, up to 30 inches in the Upper Peninsula. The fact that we're cracking down on people traveling between homes or planting or um, landscaping or golfing really for a couple more weeks isn't going to meaningfully impact people's ability to do it because the snow will do that in and of itself. And option D. 15 congregants at a synagogue in New Jersey were arrested and charged for being in a synagogue together. By what authority did you nullify the Bill of Rights in issuing this order? How do you have the power yeah, to we do were, that? That's above my pay grade, Tucker. So I wasn't, uh, I wasn't thinking of the Bill of Rights when we did this. So, first question. Those were my nominees. Let's reset them. All right. The dumbest thing said so far during this pandemic, you have a Anthony Fauci declaring we may never be able to shake hands again. But if you have if you take this drug he's promoting and you have HIV, you're free to have sex or have sex with somebody who has HIV if you're taking the drug. Uh, Anthony Fauci saying, hey, strangers are doctor approved to swap fluids when they hook up uh, from Tinder. But. Hey, don't have a party with your own loved ones at your house. C, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer, Whitmer claiming you don't need constitutional rights because it's snowing outside. And then D, the governor of New Jersey telling Tucker Carlson that literally his job is above his pay grade. All right. His oath of office is above his pay grade. Which of those four wins your Razzie for dumbest things said so far during this pandemic and why, Todd? Is this what they mean by target rich environment? Yes, uh, and all of the above is not on is not an no, option. I'm going to reset what I uh, said earlier. It's the uh, New Jersey governor talking with Tucker because he's giggling about it. I mean, it, it, it not only this is exactly <clears throat> your pay grade. It's what you took an oath to protect and defend. But it that is so common among civil servants. It's just like yeah, well, I don't know, Constitution. What Constitution? I just I just do things. You're the Joker. A lame, pathetic one, but you're just the Joker. You're one of his toadies that he relies upon. You're stupid. You know, we've, we've actually seen a Democrat ask this question before. Remember, it was about 12 years ago, they had the presidential summit out at Saddleback Church with John McCain and Barack Obama during the 2008 election. Do you guys remember Rick Warren asking Barack Obama, hey, when does a child yeah. in the womb deserve civil rights? And what was Barack Obama's answer? He just kind of dis 
missively chuckled and said, well, that's above my pay grade. I mean, that was the same answer the governor of New Jersey gives right there. Aaron, what was your, what's your choice? Um, I think it's gotta be, it's gotta be Gretchen Whitmer. Cause it's, uh, it's one of these reactions like, ha ha ha. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a tyrant, but, uh, the snow is the real tyrants. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the real tyrant was the, cause was the Michiganders snow. don't know what to do with snow. Having yeah. grown up there, yeah. we're totally unfamiliar with it. Yep. Yes. Go ahead, Josh. Yeah, it's got to be the New Jersey governor because that gets to the very core, the very heart and soul, something that I can vividly remember discussing on this very program with all three of you numerous times, time and time again, which is that under our constitutional order, there is an independent obligation of every 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 official at the federal, state and even the local level to defend and support this constitution. That is literally your job. So for this guy to say that it is above his pay grade is, I mean, talk about a statement that would make the founding fathers just roll in their grave. Um, it, it, it's it's not quite as stick in the knife and twisted as harrowing as Governor Bashir and the Kentucky and the anti-Christian stuff that we heard earlier in the program. But it is just as ignorant. The tarring and feathering. If the founders were here, the tarring and feathering would continue until morale improves that that would be their reaction to i think almost every one of those clips but certainly the the new jersey, new jersey one all right predictions aaron go this one's really bold uh but i'm gonna make it uh so i i think mlb is going to start back up major league baseball is going to start back up at some point next month in may it's going to start back up next month in may it's all going to be either in florida or arizona or southern states states with lower risk of of transmission what have you up until the weekend of july 4th i believe the field of dream games between the yankees and the white house or in the white Sox is going to be moved up by about a month to july 4th independence day weekend and it's going to be played then and then every game after that hmm. is going to be hmm. at the uh, the regular ballparks in regular order i like it i like it. it's close to my prediction a while ago that i thought they'd start memorial day weekend but i think your plan's even better todd when it comes the uh coronavirus vaccine is going to lead to one of the greatest civil rights debates in the history of this country, and it's going to end up all the way at the Supreme Court. I don't believe there will ever be a coronavirus vaccine, actually. I would predict that. Well, that's it. I won't argue yeah. with that. That's possible. My, if if it is developed, they're already seeing, and there's a fever right. dream level to right. develop such a thing, it will lead to that. But but they're, I, they're, they're already seeing with SARS-2 that it's evolving so fast and mutating like SARS-1. That's why they couldn't get a vaccine for SARS-1. Josh, go ahead. So we're all sports fans, so I'll make another sports-related prediction here. You know, I, the XFL season, obviously, the XFL came back for the first time in like 18 or 19 years or however long it's been. There seems to be a lot of fanfare, uh, anecdotally, just on a personal level. Like a lot of my friends, peer groups, seem to be really excited about this, actually. And I, I tuned into a few games. I, 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 was a little, I was kind of into it myself. And, you know, then this whole virus hit, and, uh, you know, they're declaring for bankruptcy. and like Quickly, we're almost out of time, back. right? Okay, so my, my, my prediction is they're, they're actually going to find a way to come back next year. That, that, that's gonna be, there's going to be enough interest to get Spells come back. I could see that, too. Not only will Gretchen Whitmer not be on the Democratic ticket this fall, I believe she won't be reelected in 2022 either. That would be my prediction as long as well as I don't think you'll ever see a, a, a SARS-2 coronavirus vaccine. Josh, good to see you. Thank you very much, as always. You got it. All right, we'll come back. Hour two, it's Feedback Friday next.
And greetings. We are back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV Radio Podcast. Steve Dace with Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. If you do listen to the podcast version, by the way, thank you for that. If you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review, though, because you dig the show, you think it's got a good beat, and you can dance to it. The more of those we can get certainly helps the show to grow, makes it more likely that we get to continue to exist as a show because the last thing America needs right now is three more people without a mask in an unemployment line. All right? So if you wouldn't mind leaving us one of those five-star reviews, it's not like most of you have anything better going on today. I'll give you something to do, if nothing else. Uh, thank you to the thousands of you that have left us for those already, but please keep those coming. 888-933-93 is the number. 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us. D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And don't forget YouTube.com slash Steve Dace. Let's get to Feedback Friday, part one, brought to you by Patriot Mobile. They've got an important announcement right now. They want to help Americans stay in touch with their loved ones during this difficult time as easy and cheaply as they possibly can. And that's why they've got customized family plans starting as low as $25 a month right now and up to $55 a month, depending on how much customization you want. $25, $35, $45, $55. Their lowest prices ever right now at Patriot Mobile. And here's the other bonus to this as well. When you go through Patriot Mobile, it's the only conservative mobile phone company. When you go through them, you are assured that the very same people trying to peddle panic porn to end your way of life, they're not donating any of your money to those causes or to Planned Parenthood or to gun grabbers, but I repeat myself. So switching is easy. Keep your phone number, bring your own phone. You can buy a new phone if you'd like to do that. Just remember though, family plans starting as low as $25 a month right now at Patriot Mobile. And if you go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve, patriotmobile.com slash Steve, you'll get a free activation plus a free gift. There's never been a better time to make the switch to Patriot Mobile right now. Patriotmobile.com slash Steve to not just get their cheapest rates, but a free activation and a free gift. Or you can give them a call at 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Let's begin. And we have so many notes. I'm going to try to, I really mean it this week. I'm going to try to provide the least amount of commentary, or at least the most brief, to get through as many of these as possible. Because there's a lot of really insightful things going on in my inbox right now that I want to share with the rest of the audience around the country. Let's start with this from Mike says that thank you for taking the time to read my note, a brief background on myself. I'm a 29-year-old newly married police sergeant working in New York City. My wife and I are expecting our first child later this year, and I just want to tell all of you how your show has impacted my life. I grew up in an upper-middle-class home in the suburbs of Long Island. I was a Democrat up until the 2016 election when I got introduced to conservative politics. I started with Mark Levin and then was lucky enough to eventually get to your show. See, he found the other programming button on the old CRTV. See, the way, they don't have other programming at the Blaze. We're, Blaze, we're non-essential, Okay. <laughs> All right, so at CRTV, it was we were other programming. All right, uh, but here at the Blaze, you start with Glenn Beck and then work your way down to the non essential programming. So at the old CRTV, you started with the great one, Mark Levin, and you worked your way down to us when there were no more Levin episodes to watch and you were just utterly bored. And what else do I have? Well, let me try this D dude. All right, so I've been listening to you guys' this show ever since, Mike says. And the real impact your show had on me was, was not political, but spiritual. 
Uh, I had become distant from God as I entered adulthood. Your show and the Christian worldview you guys talk about revived my spirit and helped uh, me have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. My faith in God is unshakable. And it started with you three openly talking about our Lord on the show. And I cannot stress how this has improved all areas of my life. And I'm very appreciative that you guys are are pushing a contrarian viewpoint on the shutdown of America over coronavirus. We need viewpoints of your, like yours and uh, and people to keep an open mind. Please pray for New York City. We need it. And that is from Mike. Mike, that's a ph- phenomenal note, man. Phenomenal note. Stories like yours, Mike, are why we do this show the way that we do it. It's 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 specifically because we're 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 trying to be fishers of men here. We're trying to get this feedback. This is the feedback, Mike. That, I mean, you have blessed us far more than whatever you think we have provided for you. Indeed. This is why we do this, brother. This is why. All right. Um, Pastor Tim Redlin writes, with an unknown duration of economic disruption at hand for businesses and bold shaming of religious institutions practices, what might the Rosa Parks proclamation of I'm just tired and the ensuing boycotting of government imposition look like? Who might be the Rosa Parks today? Will we have another one of those kinds of moments? Or... Does America go the way of Rome's bread and circuses? That is an excellent question, Pastor. And I think you got your answer in my old home state of Michigan a few days ago. And I'm getting emails from people around the country that there's more of these that are planned. I saw, for example, our good friend Shannon Joy just had her Twitter account taken away because uh, she was promoting one of these uh, marches on Albany in her home state of New York. So the the fact that they are concerned about this is why they're trying to deplatform people that are pushing these. Except now you had the president of the United States come out today and lend a megaphone to these efforts in Minnesota and Virginia uh, and uh, Michigan. Uh, I know that there's one planned for Missouri soon. Um, so I, I think Pastor... It took longer than I wanted it to, and probably you and I wanted it to, but to give people the most benefit of the doubt, we really didn't have, we had, we really didn't have real data on this disease until we got into April. I mean, we really did not. And, and what we're finding now with the Stanford's serology study, and after this show today, we are going to stick around and tape a separate video for all of you to share on this Stanford study, the Stanford antibody study, while it, why it is vitally important, why it is an absolute game changer, and why it means we should end these lockdowns as soon as absolutely possible. Now, when I say that, I mean, if you're living in New York, like Mike, the police sergeant is, in New York City, if you're living in um, some areas of, of, of New Jersey or New Orleans, you guys have a, a different fight on your hands right now, Okay. And as the Speaker of the Michigan House put it on our show yesterday, talking about the four counties in his state, we got your back, man. We, we will do whatever we can to help you guys win that battle. But, but one of the ways that we're going to be able to help you guys win that battle is to take a lot of that hard work ethic, American ingenuity, and American production that right now is sitting on its ass at home and put it back to work so that it can, it can provide the resources your communities need on the front lines of this coronavirus battle to win that war. Those ventilators, those resources, those physicians, doctors, those that medical equipment, it's all got to come from somewhere, right? And so 
I think to be as fair as we can to our countrymen, Pastor, we really didn't have good data on this virus until April because we just we 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 learned that we couldn't trust anything that China was telling us. Now, what's funny about this is the more data we are getting, <laughs> it's a little bit like what's going on now where it now appears that folks like us on this show who never bought the lone Batman theory, Senator Tom Cotton from Arkansas, who took a bunch of heat on this for peddling conspiracy theories. Uh, it, it looks like it's all coming back again now. That, that essentially whatever our instincts were at first seemingly become more confirmed, right, about the origin of this, the more we, we learn. Well, you know what? And that's where the Stanford study comes in. We're going to talk about and put a separate video out for you later today that you can share on all your social media feeds because this Stanford study cannot be highlighted enough in my view. What the Stanford study essentially shows is that a lot of our presuppositions about this virus and its mortality and lethality and infection rates, that it's really just a very bad flu. That's essentially what the Stanford antibody study says today. That's what it says today. And what's also funny is that the chart the White House put out yesterday on its plan to reopen America, the chart that it put out to give Americans confidence, put people at, at, at ease that we know what, what's going on and we know where the virus is at. How did they label that chart? What was it labeled by? The Influenza. illness that must not be named, apparently. <laughs> what was it, Todd? Influenza. Yeah, they named it. They, they went by, they charted it by flu symptoms, flu symptomatic. I, I thought we weren't supposed to do that. I thought we weren't supposed to say this is like another flu. Until we are. Now, I think the reason the White House did this yesterday is, and it goes to what we learned last week, that they're telling everybody if you have a death and they tested positive, counted as COVID-19. I think the reason this was done, this is being done now and counted, that it's all being counted as flu symptoms now. Pneumonia, flu, COVID-19. The flu-like symptoms is just a catch-all now. Acute RSV, all of it. I think the reason why is now I do think they are purposely trying to game the numbers, but for the opposite reason. The whole presentation yesterday was about putting people at ease. It's very obvious. Trump's measured delivery, his complete focus. I mean, that was the most laser sharp focus I've seen Donald Trump on one topic for that long a period of time since he became a, a, a politician. I don't know about you, right? Yeah. I mean, like he didn't, I mean, he stayed, dude, he, he, he was in such command of the subject matter and the whole task force was that not even the, the snot-nosed folks in the media tried to, you know, throw the, they even, they were like, well, this is serious. We better actually ask adult questions today. And they did. They even asked adults skeptical questions that we needed to get answers to, getting them to clarify what some of these things mean. And I think that whole thing yesterday was all about putting America at ease. That's time. It's okay to become America again. It's okay to come out again. And I think I and so I think all of the lumping in of the flu symptoms, all of this is a catch-all, is with the intent of showing. See, even if even if we do the most liberalization of the numbers possible, the most liberal interpretation of the numbers possible. And we put all of these things together, flu, pneumonia, COVID-19, acute RSV, all of it. We put it all together into one cauldron and stir it all together and spill it out over the American map. Essentially, unless you live in Louisiana, New York, New Jersey, and a few other places, you really don't need to live in fear. That's how I interpreted that yesterday. 
Yeah. But going back to the question about Rosa Parks, to me, the bigger issue related to that is what are you willing to do in your regular life on a fractional level relative to what Rosa Parks had to do to not wait for somebody else to do something? You Going back to normal is a pipe dream. You, you cannot, on multiple levels, let your life go back to normal. You must live it differently moving forward. Otherwise, this thing called the American experiment, if it isn't lost already, it's going to be lost because the progressive world is promising you it will be, as will the so-called conservatives who clearly do not have an answer for what they're trying to do. Yeah, and... Uh, you know, I think I, I, I texted you guys last week. It wouldn't surprise me, even in states, um, states that haven't officially announced their reopening or where they are in the re- federal guidelines for reopening. It would not surprise me if if some businesses, not all businesses, but some businesses and definitely church churches just decide, you know what, those federal guidelines, they're good enough for me. We can mm-hmm. practice social distancing at our church. We're going to provide hand sanitizer for everybody. We're going to put we're going to put it into place a lot of. A lot of regulations that we might not have had before, but we're we're going to start meeting again. Enough is I would not surprise me. Maybe not this weekend, but as soon as next week, even. And I maybe I'm getting out ahead of that, but it would not surprise me whatsoever. I think I th- as much as I see what you saw at Costco the other day, Steve, which is just a, a which is crazy East Germany 1982 amount of fear and yeah. paranoia. I do sense that there are there are several people several people whether it's 45 percent 35 percent or even half maybe half the people out there you know what i'm tired of not going to my gym i'm tired of not going to my church i'm tired of staying in my house i'm tired of this same old bike trail every day i want to go see there's enough of those people out there where i really think that sooner than later, you're going to start seeing, even in states. I mean, there's there's been reports now in California. The I-5, is that the, the yep. interstate out there? That's yep. starting to get crowded again. Or the, is the 405, are, is that what you're thinking of? Or 405, of maybe. Yeah. That's starting to get crowded again. So people only put up with this stuff for so long. Yep. And, I mean, let's say it's, even if it's just 25% of America. If 25% of America just goes out and says enough is enough and the other 75% stays home, Remember, elections are not won by winning a majority of the vote. Elections are won by winning a majority of the people who show up to vote. All right? It's by winning a majority of the people who show up, not by winning a majority of the people who can vote. Winning a majority of the people who show up. Only 25% of Americans are fed up to the point that they've had enough. 25% of 330 million people, folks, that's what, 70 million people? 75 million people? That's a lot. That's over. That's actually over 80 million people. It's over 80 million people. That's twice the population of California. That's that's five times the population of New York City. That's a lot of people. You gonna be able to keep all those people contained? No, no, you're not. Not without martial law. I think this president's declaring martial law to keep those people contained. No, no, this president's not. There might be a couple of people in, in, in a couple of Rust Belt governors that would. But this, if they were president, but this president, no. Think Joe Biden would do it? Actually, Joe Biden would not remember what martial law is because it's getting increasingly brutal. Uh, This is from Stephen. I work for a company that processes pharmacy claims, and I lead a segment of over 5 million members. I've worked in the healthcare industry for over 25 years, and although I'm not a pharmacist, I work very closely with some smart clinicians, both pharmacists 
pardon me, and doctors alike, one thing that I found is the vast majority of them struggle with making business decisions. They do not give equal weight to the economic impacts of their clinical perspective. Successful leaders in healthcare are the ones that can balance the clinical with the business economic needs of the company. I see this exact same characteristic with Dr. Fauci especially, but also Dr. Burks as I listen to them. Their sole focus is on the clinical side of this pandemic without balancing it with the business economic side as the secondary consideration for them. It's not necessarily a bad thing in most cases is their job is to provide clinical impacts and risks, but it's usually someone else that makes those important business decisions. And that someone else is usually the CEO. In this case, Trump. The mistake Trump made, which you have said, was he gave too much deference to both Fauci and Burks. There needs to be a strong business voice at the table, but it takes courage to argue against that clinical viewpoint. I think you saw a major step forward a major step forward, one giant leap for sanity kind, I think is what took place yesterday. Well, and you, you know, we, we, we don't just need medical voices or business voices or constitutional voices. That's, pro that's part of the problem with the eggheaded level of expertise that we have. We, we need voices that can comprehensively weigh and measure what it means to live a life mm -hmm. in general. Yeah, you need people uh, in there. You need to listen to the people who are going to have to be the ones living with the decisions those eggheads are going to make. You know, like one of the things, I, when I'm, I believe in sola scriptura, but I don't believe in solo scriptura, okay? I think, that, I think the Bible is the ultimate authority for truth, ethics, morality, revelation. Did I say it was the only Authority. Is that what I said? No. No. I said it was the ultimate. Okay? So, I, I'll even grant you that America's expert class should be the ultimate authority on some of the, a lot of these major decisions we're making. But ultimate is not the same as only. Because you're going to make those ultimate authorities better at being ultimate when they have to listen to the people that are going to be that are going to live with the consequences of the decisions they're making as opposed to let me show my ice cream collection on James Corden's uh, Corden's show tonight okay no no what what are the rest of those people who cannot afford an ice cream collection let alone whatever that double fisted uh, you know uh, cubic uh, stainless steel state of the art uh, fr refrigerator freezer that Nancy Pelosi's own whatever that costs those people that cannot afford an up-down connection to the internet that would allow them to Skype from their home to you know 10 million people on James Corden's show on national television. The rest of those people, they're going to be the ones that pay most of the consequences for the decisions the eggheads make. I've never, I'm not, so I don't believe that you don't ever listen to eggheads. I don't do all this research and data to get dumber, guys. Right? Correct. I don't, I don't do all of this to get dumber. I don't analyze to get stupider. I don't do that. I do it to get smarter. And a lot of times the things I'm analyzing are what the eggheads come up with. I'm analyzing that. Why? Because they're usually smarter than me. Smarter than me don't, that doesn't mean that they're, 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 more, they're right all the time. Are they usually more right than me? Well, yeah, they're smarter than me. But are they infallible? So here's always the question to ask with the experts. We always ask, what if they're right? And we always should. You know what we should also ask, though? What if they're wrong? We should ask that, too. And whom do they serve? What, is it just an ivory tower? Right. 
Or where is it the, terra where, firma where yeah. everyone lives? Where's the expertise end and the worldview yes. bias begin? Precisely. Yes. Let's continue. Uh, Jay in Texas writes, uh, my wife is a, ma- is a managing nurse at our local hospital. Her unit is usually car- car- cardiac monitoring and short-term observation, but since the outbreak, it's been dubbed the rule-out unit where symptomatic patients wait for the test results. Most of the 20 or so positive cases have been released to return home if they can breathe on their own. Only two p- patients have needed ventilators, and unfortunately, they had one death. But other than that, the hospital is completely empty. They are canceling nursing contracts and putting many nurses on standby. We're asking them to take their vacation time now rather than come to work. Layoffs are being discussed if things don't change very soon. My wife's cousin, though, is a hospital nurse on Long Island. She reports that her hospital was completely full with COVID patients, and they're at a six-to-one patient-to-nurse ratio. So it's a very different situation with very different public policy needs. The blanket lockdown needed in their population-dense community isn't needed here in rural Texas, but was put in place anyway. And now it's threatening to do serious, long-lasting damage to our local community, economy, and available health care in the region. Right on the money, man. Right, that's just right. I, I, amen. I, I can't add anything more to that, Jay. I have direct evidence just like that. They came to me this morning uh, locally from a friend of mine. It's the thing that the, there's going to be no normal going forward. The med- the local medical community is being destroyed. The, the, that's you. The flatten the curve thing ultimately is just hail Hydra. That's what that was. It was it was a little tool that was used, a whisper to get everybody on board. I, sp- I spoke for about 30 minutes last Saturday with a with one of my neighbors who's a physician here in town. Said the exact same thing and he is at his absolute wit's end. To the point now they 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 were threatening them uh, his prof- professional societies were were threatening fines and and essentially the medical equivalent of disbarment if they caught you, no matter how empty the hospitals and stuff were, if they caught you doing anything that could be quote unquote considered elective. Okay, um, I, yeah, he was. I heard similar stories from this neighbor of mine last weekend. Just furious. And, and that, you know what? That goes to a conversation I had on Twitter during one of our commercial breaks here. So in Iowa, as of today, we've had 64 people die. Now, I happen to think more Iowans than 64 have died, right? But that's my theory that I'm operating under. And the Stanford antibody study, I think, supports it quite a bit. But we'll get into that with a bonus uh, a video we're going to put out for you guys later today to make sure you share with everybody on your platforms, okay? But 64 people out of three and a half million in Iowa have died. We have fewer than 200 people in the hospital right now because of COVID-19. And there aren't too many people in the hospital for anything else in Iowa right now because of what you, what we're talking about, these medical right. Uh, policies, right? And so the governor comes out today and to her credit, I want to give her credit, she has withstood the march to totalitarianism as about as as much as any of the rest of these governors in America have. Okay. But we've had, we had an outbreak at a nursing home, which begs the question that nursing home has been on lockdown for a month. How'd they have a lock? How'd they have a lock? How'd they have an outbreak at a nursing home when they've been on lockdown? And then like what happened in South Dakota, we've got another outbreak now at a, at a meat processing plant here in Iowa who primarily works there. Illegal aliens do. Okay, so that means now everybody else, less than 200 people in the hospital statewide, 64 deaths. And, and today she announces we're to cancel the schools and all the spring sports. 
the data simply doesn't support that decision. And it's a stupid decision. And I say that as someone that thinks that she still has been one of the best governors in America the past few years. Okay. But that's a dumb decision. I happen to think my oldest daughter, Anna, has a wonderful singing voice. Okay. But, you know, if she goes out and drinks and drives and wraps the, wraps the car around a telephone pole, I I'm, I'm still think she has a wonderful singing voice and is a great daughter. You know what I'm going to tell her that decision was? Stupid. That was a stupid decision, right? I think this is a stupid decision. The data simply does not support this. And what is the basis for these kinds of decisions? The good news is now that the president has, has put our premise on the front burner of the conversation, we're going to get to ask these questions now in ways that we didn't have access to ask them before. Why, why, do all the, why are we keeping the healthy people at home and indoors? Why, based on this kind of data? The chart that the White House put out yesterday, by the way, about flu symptomatic spread concerns in America through last weekend. Guess which state was in bright, healthy, the brightest healthy green? Did you guys notice which state that was? Or at least one of the states that was? Because a lot of them actually were. Yeah. If you looked at that map. And it's on our Facebook page if you haven't seen it yet. But you, did you see one of the states that was uh, bright, healthy green? Yes. I was. Where we live. Yes. Iowa was. And the very next day, the, our governor responds by canceling the schools for the rest of the year. That's just panic. That's absolutely panic. And the data simply doesn't support it. And where, by the way, do you know where I got the data of deaths and hospitalizations? You know where I got that data? From the state of Iowa. That's their data. So, I mean, maybe their data is bad. Maybe it's wrong. Well then, get, well, then update your data then. Because based on that data, it doesn't justify what she did here today. Robin Dodds writes, it's also obvious they are overwhelming the system and not wasting a good crisis. It's the same old, same old. However, they finally hit on something that is working for them because so many people are sheeple. They don't have the wherewithal to think for themselves and stand up for themselves. I'm 59 years old with an autoimmune disorder. And for many years now, I've had to be cautious of interaction. I get sick so easy. However, I would not condone this crazy fear mongering and the destruction of our economy and people's livelihoods and the futures and freedoms to preserve my life or any other. We are living their insanity the real question is why are we so willing to bow down and sacrifice all well more and more people no longer are and i would imagine after that press conference yesterday what uh, there's a going to be a, another layer of people that are going to say i was hesitant about going there you know i didn't want to get banned on facebook or i didn't want this to happen or i don't want aunt petunia to lose her petunias on me you know on my instagram but i i think there's going to be another layer of people after the press conference yesterday they're going to be more willing now robin to get to the place where you want to go i think the genie is out of the bottle now and i, I don't think that it can be placed back in i don't i i even think they were smart in pointing out their you know Warning people of secondary spikes when we all come together again. Um, you know, I, I liked what Anthony Fauci said. I haven't said that in a while. I liked what Anthony Fauci said. Hey, if we have a second wave, we're going to be more prepared. You know, we'll have more infrastructure and those sorts of things and testing and masks. So we hopefully don't have to do these kinds of mass shutdowns again. So I think, I think the worm has turned. The worm has turned. Now we're going to, now I didn't say that the worm, I didn't say the game was over. I just think momentum in the game has turned. You have any thoughts on that? Is it? Yeah, I think the worm has turned uh, to some extent. But if it does, it's going to depend on people like Robin who refuse to be chained to their fear 
a lot of people in uh, their position would have said, you know, like, oh, finally, more people in the pool feel like I do. Uh, it's, it's, God bless you for not choosing that victimology. And I hope we're learning a lot of lessons in that regard. I hope so as well. I, I do believe the the worm has turned quite a bit. It, it began earlier this week on, uh, I believe it was Monday's press conference when he preemptively tried to undercut the media's credibility. And I wonder, I wonder how much of the media's response this week, especially yesterday, was, oh, crap, I hope he doesn't play a montage where it's me talking about how not big of a deal this virus was. I wonder, I mean, maybe, maybe that's part of it. Because to get them to actually ask real questions, something something changed yesterday. So, uh, you know, the, the, something has changed. But again, the next step in this is to have people's fears assuaged. And that's either going to take time or some sort of revival or just enough people saying, uh, enough with this bleep, I'm going back outside. Probably a combination of all three. Probably a combination of all three to some extent. We'll come back. More of your Feedback Friday here in a moment. On the Steve Day Show live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Stay tuned. Well, in case you're on the Nancy Pelosi ice cream uh, diet plan, you may want to check out our friends over at Riduzone. Now, maybe you can't afford to have your ice cream shipped in to your state-of-the-art refrigerator, freezer. Maybe you can't afford that. Maybe for you, it's that uh, $1.99 pack of uh, 12 uh, honey buns from Little Debbie, right? But whatever it is, we're more docile and sedentary than we ever were before. And we were too docile and sedentary before this. And now it's even worse, all right? And so how do you get those cravings and that grazing under control? Well, your answer could be Riduzone. It's the only FDA-accepted product that includes OEA. That's the naturally occurring molecule that helps you to feel full faster so that you can burn stored fat and then reduce your calorie intake at the exact same time. So if you want to give this a shot, never been a better time to do so. Up to 65% off if you go to the website, which is the only place you can get Riduzone anyway, R-I-D-U. Z-O-N-E for Riduzone.com. R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E for Riduzone.com. And use the promo code Steve to get that 65% off discount plus free shipping as well. So free shipping plus 65% off with promo code Steve at Riduzone.com. Let's continue on with some Feedback Friday. This is from Chris Ebbs. Deferring to you and your interpretation of what the Bible Paul says about obedience to the civil authorities, I believe that all of these orders are based on lies and misinformation. The cure is worse than the disease. This hysteria comes straight from the pits of hell. I believe that soon we'll have an obligation to defy these orders in mass and obey and, and open all of society up. I think, Chris, you're seeing around the country more and more people agree with you. On this, the only thing I disagree about, and it's what we tend to do, it's the gated community effect. When he said soon, you're, you're that part's behind the curve. It was yesterday on like almost every issue that matters. You know, there's no time to wait on this. Other than that, I agree. It's just we keep thinking that the worst is yet to come. It's it's here. I want to reset something to uh, uh, I think there's a flawed hermeneutic about Romans 13 and how it applies here in the United States of America. Okay. We don't live in a fiefdom. We don't live in a monarchy. 
We live in a republic. We live in a representative republic. What does that mean? It means we don't have leaders, per se. We have representatives. We determine whom is the proxy for our will. We determine that. We get to vote on who the nominations are for almost every office in every party across the country. So if you don't like your choices, then you should have shown up on February, March, April, and May when we were determining who those choices were going to be, right? And then in November, among those choices, you get to choose again. You get to have a say in your choices, and then you get to choose among the choices you chose. So in this country, we the people, in order to form a more perfect union, we the people ratified the Constitution. We the people have to ratify every amendment to the Constitution. We the people have to consent to who holds elected office. So this is not a direct corollary to almost any other situation that the Church of Jesus Christ has found itself in, in its history, frankly. And you know why? Why that's the case? Because people from the Church of Jesus Christ recognized from history the slippery slope. They got on a rickety boat called the Mayflower because they realized that they couldn't stand up to the king. And that if the king of England was, was bound and determined to preside over a corrupt church, and then use his power to corrupt the rest of the church across the entire country at the exact same time. That their best recourse at that point would be to go to someplace else and form a country based off of what they thought was orthodox teaching, uncorrupted. And that was the seedling for all of America. The Mayflower Compact was the first governing document in the history of this country. And its assertions resonate in the formal founding documents of this country. Declaration of Independence, Constitution, Bill of Rights, etc. So, it's not about you and I in this country. It is not about submission to the authorities. It is not about submitting to the politicians. It's actually about the politicians submitting to us. We are the authority here. We are directly accountable to God without an intermediary. That's why John Adams said, you know, it's, this is only meant for a moral religious people. If you hand this amount of autonomy to an immoral and, and, irreli- and irreligious people, what are you going to get? Well, what was the stuff we were all talking about prior to coronavirus? That. <laughs> That's what you would get. All right. All this. And boy, wouldn't we love the luxury of going back and talking about 57 genders and all that dumbassery? Wouldn't you love to be doing that again right now? Okay. But, but that's what you get when you hand individual autonomy under God to people who have rejected God. That's what you get. But the antidote to that is to not concentrate more power into the godless. But it's actually to decentralize the power all of the more and try to dilute their ability to centralize, collectivize, babbleize their godlessness to then impose it upon the rest of us. 
I mean, when people believe the answer to, hey, the government couldn't protect me from this virus the first go around, therefore the only solution must be I give them total control over my health and well-being that they didn't protect the first time. Donald Trump's a Nazi. Hand him all of the guns. You can't argue with that. You need it. You need it. You want it. You want a vaccine. You got to vaccinate yourself from that. You need immunity from that. Got to inoculate yourself from that. You, that's a curve that needs to be flattened, frankly. Spread that out rather than just have total control of everything that they can impose on you. So in this country, we don't have kings. They were even called public servants because that was to be modeled over the notion of servant leadership. What is servant leadership? The son of man came not to be served, but to serve others. I wash my disciples feet, he said. I lay down my life for you. I take your garbage on me and then you take my yoke whose burden is easy and light. That was the model for your public servants. You have no obligation to, uh, biblically, I believe, to to submit to anything they say that is ungodly whatsoever. And in fact, I would go so far as to say doing so means you yourself have committed an act of ungodliness. You have, you have created an, you have violated the commandment against idolatry by treating the state as God. You have worshiped man rather than God. We are the authority in this country. So enough of our pastors, please, with their virtue signaling notes. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, um, um, we, we got a, you know, Romans 13 says we have to honor the authority. Sir, sir, we are the authority. Here, we are. Can Donald Trump take office all on his own? No. Could Hillary Clinton? No. Will Joe Biden be well, able may- to? Maybe Hillary. <laughs> the necromancer? Maybe. <laughs> all right. I couldn't resist him. So so did, did Nero take power on his own? Did Caligula? You want to know who has the power? The, pow- the political power resides in whom grants power. As Lyndon Johnson once said, power is where power goes. You and I grant that power. We are the authority. Self-government. What's the first word of self-government? Self. Self. Is this a self-government? Is it or is it a monarchy? Self. Is it a self-government or a plutocracy? Self. Is it a self-government or an oligarchy? Self. So, and the first word is? Self. So who is in charge here? You're looking at him. And I'm looking at him too. Which means you got to do the work. That's right. It means we have to do the work. That's right. And if we don't, nature abhors a vacuum. We are the authority. Pastors preaching that blind subservience to the state. You might as well hand them their iron cross because that's what got preached. That's, that's the stuff that gets preached that allows that level of tyranny to arise. No, we don't. First of all, it's immoral. But secondly, in this country, it's not even the political system. You're, you're, you're actually asking me to submit to a system that doesn't exist. The political system in this country is we the people are the system. We are the authority. Rights come to individuals directly from God, not through a governor, not through a sheriff, not through a president. My rights come to me vertically directly from God. 
And so if my right to free speech, if my right to the freedom of assembly, if my right to the freedom of conscience, if my right to self-defense, if that comes directly to me through God, why in the Sam hell, pastor, are you asking me to submit to an authority that gets between me and God? That's heresy. Not even a bad hermeneutic. It's just heretical. The idea that something comes between me and my relationship with God. And in this country, we took that to an, a next level by saying that even applies in the civic sphere. Civically. Civically, nothing comes between you and God either. And then when you see Paul apply that the sword is granted to the state not in vain so that it will bring righteousness, vengeance upon evildoers. We consent to that as can government by consent of the governed. We consent to sheriffs. We consent to law enforcement. We consent to a military. But when they punish the law-abiding or invade the law abiding, do we obey God or man? We still obey God. Because who's actually the one in violation of Romans 13? Who is, who is not honoring the civil authority in that case? The, the law enforcement officer and the military are. Those people that sit in, the, in their cars in, in that drive-in church in Kentucky were not sitting. But the law enforcement officers were. They were in sin. They sinned. James writes, I think we should give manufacturers a two-year tax holiday to bring companies back to the U.S. and shut down those plants in China. At this point, I will sign on to any amount of economic incentive that is not just a handout or check. Know what I'm saying? How's this for economic incentive? If you do business with China, you're an enemy of the state. Now, this is going to be what you just said. This will be a fascinating. This will be a fascinating conversation when the initial lockdowns and everything else end, and we start figuring out the geopolitical shakedown of this. You know what 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 happened with imperial? What happened with imperial Japan? They were our ally in World War One, and then they turn around and invade us to launch world war ii what, what one of the things that happened was the the imperialistic elements of their government grew more and more powerful and they invaded china in order to get hegemony of that you know, of the pacific rim fdr was vehemently opposed to this 80 percent of the oil that the japanese uh used in a given year they bought from us Can you run a war machine without oil, even in the 1930s? No. No, you could not. And so FDR slammed them with a, with a, with a tremendous oil embargo to cripple them, to get them out of China, to get them to stay in their lane. And the imperialists in Japan used that to make the argument that this is why we need to preemptively attack the Americans now because we couldn't win a long war with them. So let's sneak attack them now, try to take them out now. They're a threat to our hegemony. 
they want to they want us to return to you know the the third world country that the the world that the 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 waspy euros thought we were you know in, in the last century or th- or five it will be a fascinating negotiation with the Shycoms. We need to spank them hard. You cannot allow them to do to you what they've done and not have there be a response. Then you lose all forms of respect across the world. We we must respond. There must be punishment for this. But we're going to have to make sure the punishment fits the crime. And it seems like Peter, what's his name, the guy... Peter Navarro? Peter Navarro. Yeah. I don't know much about him, broadly speaking. It seems on this front that that's a guy who's deadly serious about doing what you're talking about. Yeah, because you don't want, you don't, you don't want to, I mean, I don't trust him at all. I've told you not to trust him from day one. Just be careful that you put a country with that large of a military and that amount of weapons of mass destruction. Make sure you don't, you want to defeat them, or at least you want to be superior to them, but you don't want to so corner them that they feel as if they have no recourse but to start using those those entities to lash out, right? That's a lesson we learned from Imperial Japan. So, but that'll be a topic I look forward to getting to have in the coming months. And it's a top, it's, it, it, it's where I do think we will ultimately go when this is all over. All right, gentlemen, any final thoughts here today before we get out of here? You know, I'm, uh, I'm left... Before each show and after each show, um, I left feeling blessed. Uh, we've talked about the paycheck, which uh, concerning what other people are dealing with, but um, the opportunity to come in here and give voice to something that clearly, both w- with across multiple metrics, is gaining purchase among you because you're just tired and you want some solid food. Uh, we believe we've been giving it to you for a very, very uh, long time. And that obviously certainly proceeds before I had anything to do with the Steve Day show. Um, but it, it's just an honor and it's humbling to be able uh, to do this. It really is. And it's came with more sling and arrows, but I'm happy to take them. Hmm. Well said. I'll let that stand. Yeah, that's a good choice, too, because that's very well said. And you guys are the reason we get to do that. So thank you to all of you. All right. We'll be back at it again on Monday. Don't forget, you're going to want to share this video we're about to do on the Stanford antibody test, okay, with everybody you know. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.